Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Money Minute with Margarita. I am so excited for today's guest. I mean, I'm excited for every guest, but particularly this guest to share amazing insight about the financial advisory profession. We are here with Amy Sal, certified financial planner, chartered advisor of philanthropy, and certified exit planner, managing partner, general agent, and registered principal, the one and only Amy Sallow. So Amy is passionate about the financial services industry, the people she serves, and the potential for her team advisors and clients to ensure the next generation lives better than the last. Her vision is to propel economic mobility in our communities through a culture that attracts, develops, and retains advisors staff, and agency leadership who believe that as an industry, we can do better. And I'm going to tell you, we should do better. Amy's personal practice focuses on comprehensive protection, savings and wealth management planning for both accumulation and retirement phases of a client's journey. She specializes in working with clients who have lost a loved one and who want a trusted advisor to help build a plan for the future. Not only does she do all that, but Amy is a director on the Fonseca board, chair of the advocacy committee, the standards of conduct committee, and past chair of the retirement holistic planning working group. She also serves as a member of the field advisory board leadership development and training committees with Guardian. Well, welcome, Amy. I am so excited to have you here with us today. Thank you so much, Margarita. I'm thrilled to be here with you. And uh, thank you for having me as a guest. Well, the first question is something that I know you are so passionate about. Why are women more needed in this industry and our profession? Well, thank you for that question. I think it's it's probably fairly obvious to most that if you walk into a supermarket, you see a very diverse group of people. And like most of the country, probably over 50% female. And in our industry, if you walk into a room full of advisors, this is not what we see, right? So it's very natural for people to work with people who they maybe relate to because they look like them, they sound like them, they live like them. They have, they have just a natural affinity, right? I most recently was, was in Asia and uh, you, you mentioned my work on the board with FinSECA. FinSECA is a professional organization that stands for fin, uh, financial security for all. And so we work to advocate for the American public uh, and also for our advisors to help people get more access and more awareness of the, the, the financial help that they can they can they can get. So interesting, I was asked to go and speak in in China on behalf of Finseca. They said, you know, you can you can speak about just about anything you want. They want to learn. The US market is much more mature as a market and um just please don't speak about hiring more women into the profession because the financial advisory community in Asia is 70% or more female. Uh, and I can tell you, it was, you know, it, it, it was really astounding to be in front of those audiences. And you walk up on stage, which I've done many times uh, in the U.S., uh, but this was entirely different. I walked up on stage, I looked out of the audience, and it was all women. I, I, I think that we just have to do a better job of helping women feel comfortable in this profession and know that, you know, if 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 our communities are 51% female, 
and our profession is only 15% female, you know, we, we, we really do have a lot of work to do. And it's an amazing opportunity. And I'd be remiss if I didn't acknowledge, thank you so much for all the work you're doing with Finseca. I mean, that is so important. And I appreciate your vision and leadership. Thank you. Thank you. I know you do a lot also. And, and I was so thrilled to meet you, you know, and, and, and get to know you and all the good work you're doing uh, for a professional. So. so the question is, for people who are listening, why is the financial advice profession or financial services a great opportunity for women? Well, another great question. Um, I mean, I, I think the first the first thing is really consumer choice, right? If 51% of the population is female and 15% of our profession is female, there just isn't as much choice. So some women may prefer to work with male advisors and vice versa, uh, but we we just have to represent our communities better than we do in all forms of, of diversity, right? Not just uh, women and men. Um, that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is there are like literally trillions of dollars that are going to change hands over the coming years. And many of those dollars land in the hands of, of, of women. And we have, we have longer lifespans, more longevity. And uh, the reality is, is that, that many women just are not as well prepared as their male counterparts to handle and steward that wealth. And I think that's something that, you know, I, I think that's something that happens from, um, a very young age, and because as people uh, grow in and feel that the financial community is about math and about uh, winning and about sales, they they are naturally maybe not as inclined to chase after this profession. And so you can imagine that just in in a social environment, if there are a group of men standing around talking about what have you, it, it probably the conversation may turn to finance more frequently than it does uh, for a group of women standing together, right? So we're, we're just like, we're continuing to compound the problem that that much of the wealth in this country is going to land in the hands of women. And we, we don't have enough female leaders. Um, we haven't made finance interesting enough to women. And we're just not preparing ourselves as well as we can for that, uh, for that transfer of wealth. And the, the final thing I'll add to this, I know I can be a bit long-winded. I'm so passionate about this. <laughs> but I think, you know, women are natural advocates for others. And the reality is, if we think about uh, legacy, if we think about money carrying over generations, we are advocating in all financial planning for people who aren't in the room. We're advocating for the people who are going to inherit that wealth and for the for the generations that come after. Right. And so I think women have a good ability to think you know, in many layers and to think about the ripple effects of decisions and to think about how they will carry forward for their children and their grandchildren. And I think that natural ability to advocate for others is, is just so, um, so needed in our, in our, uh, in our profession and, and our communities. So well said. I mean, I always say this, women are more intentional. It doesn't mean that men aren't intentional, but women aren't just thinking about what's going to happen today to here and now. We're thinking five steps ahead, just like we don't, my God, I got to this to the grocery store, come home, cook, take care of my kid. Like We're thinking five steps ahead. Um, that is a great transition. You're very passionate about um, developing talents, retaining talent, helping people grow and develop personally and professionally. What skills are needed uh, to be successful in, in our profession? 
Well, I, I, I think, you know, first and foremost, uh, relationship building skills. That's, uh, that's number one. Um, you know, money is a very, a very personal subject. And for people to feel comfortable kind of opening someone else up to their world and to the, the decisions they've made that were, were great and the decisions they've made that weren't so great and where they are in relation to where they think you might think they're supposed to be at this point in their lives. It's, it's just a very, a, a personal uh, relationship that you have with your financial planner. And so I think when people have the ability to build strong relationships, it becomes much easier for people to trust them and easier to uh, to build a client base and, and build a business. I think, you know, to be a great financial advisor, you obviously have to be able to listen. Uh, you have to be able to get to know uh, your your client or your prospective client and and meet them where they are, right? Meet them where they are today, which is about understanding where they are today, and then walk with them on a journey from where they are to where it's where it's possible for them to get. Uh, I think it's great if you can bring to the table a ton of optimism, right? Because there really is there really is so much that people can accomplish. Right. I, I truly believe that this business is not about needs, right? Not about bare minimum, right? It's about what's possible. It's about opportunity. And then finally, I think it's also really important for people to be lifelong learners. Our business can be complex and it's constantly changing. There are so many new things to learn about and every client interaction is is different and has the potential to bring to you a question that you can't answer right there in that day. And that's okay, right? It's okay. There are resources and people there to help and support you as you grow in your career. You just have to be willing to learn and open to uh, to going out and seeking answers to those challenges as you as you um, encounter them. I, I think also I, I think I would be remiss if I didn't add the things that are not needed, right? I think especially for women, we have sort of misconceptions about the business. And I would say, you know, it's really not necessary that you're super technical. Everything is run by computers these days. There are calculators for everything. It's okay if you can't do math in your head, right? <laughs> we have calculators. You don't have to have high finance knowledge, right? You don't have to sound like someone on television talking about economic cycles, right? We're talking about people's lives, their hopes and their dreams and where they want to go. And I also think that it's a misnomer that you have to have a real killer instinct, right? I think that today in 2023 and going forward, people want you to be relatable. They want you to understand them. They want to believe that you have their best interests at heart always. Right. And that you're there on a on a journey and a partnership with them to make their life better. So I think it's it's about it's about those skills that you need and also being aware of the things that really are not are, are not needed that might might you might think you need. I love what you said about being hopeful because I think it's important for us to help clients see what is possible and then to help guide them to decide their journey and accompany them along the way. So well said. So we talked about why we need more women, what skills are necessary, the opportunity, the skills. Now, the compensation, 
how does it work? People are worried. I don't want to sell. I just want to help people. Right. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. It's so funny because, you know, I, I spend a lot of time speaking with um, students, with interns, with people new to the profession, with career changers who decide to step into this profession. And very often the conversation is around like, wait a second, how am I going to make money? Isn't there a salary? And, you know, I think if, if you had, you know, if you had a, a, a a whole room full of seasoned and successful financial advisors. And they said, would you trade your business model for a salary? They would just laugh, <laughs> right? Because the reality is in most businesses like ours, if you have 10 people doing the same job, probably two of them are superstars, right? And in this business, those superstars want to be paid like business owners. They want to be paid as though they are building um, a book for themselves, but not by themselves, and that they have helped their clients uh, grow and develop, and 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 they should benefit from that. So it's really about risk now versus risk later, right? Like if you're um, at a salaried position, as you gain tenure, your salary goes up. Maybe there's a great deal of risk that you're the highest paid person and the easiest to cut costs with, right? In our business, there's a lot of risk at the beginning because you really don't know how long it's going to take for the business to click and for you to feel comfortable. Uh, but as as time goes on, you are the most valuable person to the organization because you're bringing in the clients, right? And just like any great business, any great law firm, any great you know medical organization, it's it's the ability to bring business and revenue in that that helps organizations grow. So. So that mindset is really huge uh, in understanding the compensation, finding the right kind of person. Um, there are a lot of different models, for sure. For, for us in our system, we are truly comprehensive. So the first thing that our new advisors will do is get their state insurance license. And once they have one state, we're able to make that reciprocal with every state. Uh, so we will train them on the first step of a financial plan, which is risk management and protection. And then we'll work into savings and our advisors will then get their complete securities licenses. So their series seven and their series 66 and all through we'll continue to train them, you know, a, a greater uh, variety of topics so that they become more and more skilled in the business. Once they have those full licenses, many of our people choose to go on and pursue designations like the ones that I have and you have the CFP, the CAP, the CEXP. Uh, it, it's really a wonderful business for continuing to learn. And then we look at it like a, a medical residency concept, right? So your, 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 first, your first step is to learn to build those relationships and make appointments. And then when you have that person in the room, if, if you think about a, a medical residency, like if, if I wanted to be a neurosurgeon and you were the neurosurgeon, the first day with the first patient, you wouldn't say, okay, Amy, here's the scalpel. Good luck. Right. You would say, Hey, Amy, stand here next to me and watch what I do. Right. And so, so we do this also with our new advisors where uh, they're, they're going to watch and learn. And then once they feel comfortable running that first meeting, they'll run the meeting and we'll watch them. Right. And, and we'll do this through all stages. So what happens to get back to your question, which was about compensation, right? 
is is for for all of the products that we sell and all of the plans that we build there are many different compensation models there are there are commission based products that are that are that are manufactured that way and are only available that way and then there are fee based products that um, are are mostly in the wealth management space right and then there are there are uh, fees for plans and our advisors are paid on all of those models for the work that they do for the clients that come in so so it will take a little bit of time for someone to get started in the business some models like ours have, have benefits and pensions and retirement plans and really really structured like a regular corporate job but your but your income is going to be generated and built based on the the relationships you form the clients who come in and and their their growth together with you so it's it's um it's it's sort of like a layering um effect that that um hopefully will help you build like any small business from you know from the ground up with um with a great deal of support um along the way so i mean a good rule of thumb i think that we've seen over the years is that that typically you will you will earn in the in the in the range of what your clients earn right so like if you're able to work with um clients in middle in 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 a middle income range that's probably what your life will look like too right based on the results that you that you generate so it's a little vague but you know to sum it up i guess just basically think about uh constantly learning constantly licensing uh and and think that you are building a small business with the with all of the upside potential that exists in a small business and um probably a, a little bit less of the risk I love what you said about advisors building a business for themselves, but not doing it by themselves. That's huge. It's their business, but they don't have to go at it alone. So as we wind down, what tips or words of wisdom do you have to share about working in the profession? I mean, it is more male dominated. So your parting words, what tips and strategies do you have? Well, I think, uh, Remember above all that there is a tremendous amount of opportunity for women. I love working with my male colleagues and my female colleagues uh, in the business. We're all in it together. I do think for women, it's really important to find a mentor because a lot of the business and the structures and the systems were built by men for men. And that doesn't mean to the exclusion of women, uh, but it may mean that that sometimes as a woman, you may want to be a little innovative or approach something in a slightly different way. And if you have a mentor, they'll be able to tell you if you should just, you know, follow the path or, you know what, you have a point, let's try that, right? And I think that mentorship will give you a ton of confidence as you build in the business. You need you need two things to succeed. You need confidence and you need ability. So at every stage along the way, one of those things is your roadblock, right? And and if you can recognize which one it is and chase after it, you will succeed um, much, much faster. There are so many people who need our help, who need your help. I'm speaking to our listeners. If you as a woman interested in this career don't come into this business, those people you are closest to and in your circle may not have the help that you can provide them. So, you know, there's a ton of opportunity um, a ton of need and, um, and, and just, uh, just get help, ask for help, find a mentor, 
right? And um, and and I I really truly believe this is one of the greatest careers uh, any any woman can uh, can embark on. Uh, and I am uh, currently working on a book uh, that will come out um, uh, next year uh, at some time. And um, if, if you just connect with me on LinkedIn, you'll get all kinds of updates about that too. And, and uh, can't wait to share some more thoughts with the world. Well, we can't wait to have you back to talk about your book. So thank you so much. So now I'm to remind you, this podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS or Guardian. And opinions stated are their own. Registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, that's PAS, OSJ, 200 Broad Hollow Road, Suite 405, Melville, New York, 11747, 631, 589, 5400. Security products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC, financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Forest Hills Financial Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0L6460820231529. And this disclaimer is good until August 2025.